0: This morning, I'm going to guide you in a practice we call choiceless awareness or choiceless attention, and it's a different style of practice. Um, so it takes a little uh, framing of how to approach this style of practice. Mostly, what we have been recommending um, is making some choice of where your attention lands, so that it doesn't just uh, wander through old habits. Um, So that might be sounds, body sensations, or the breath. Some of you are doing loving-kindness practice. uh, So you're making a choice to say phrases, return your attention, and sustain your attention in a particular direction. And in that choice, you can either uh, give a lot of effort to just staying with that one, uh, one direction of attention. Or you can open up a little bit and if you, if your mind goes to some other experience, you might notice that, and then choose to come back to this uh, home base or this original intention to be with a particular stream of experiences. And there's a lot of benefit of that and you can keep practicing that. Um, That's been many people's um, uh, dedicated practice for years on end. There's a third choice which is uh, to not uh, direct attention anywhere specifically. Your mind will uh, take up different objects. Your mind will uh, stream through time, and there's always some direction. Your attention is always pointing somewhere, but you, as the person who's trying to govern that system, doesn't pick any particular place as more important than another, and you let uh, the conditions unfold and see where it goes. So you get a big bucket of popcorn, and you just eat popcorn and say, "What's happening now? What's happening now?" You don't try to train uh, the attention uh, to go any one particular place. The analogy I have for this is uh, if you get a puppy, uh, you might train it to stay and to come and to stay by you uh, when needed. So that's a good habit, so you can cohabitate with the dog. But hopefully you're not cohabitating with the dog just so it will behave all the time. You might as well get a plant if you want it to just stay in one place and stay exactly where you want it to stay. But that's the nature of plants, to stay in one place. If you took a dog to a beach and you trained it the whole time to stay right by you, to come when you said, to sit, you could do that. Uh, That would train the skills in that dog even when there's this huge beautiful beach it could be playing in, so you're uh, training those skills. Or, I call it taking uh, the puppy off the leash, because what you're really interested in is living with this dog, Uh, just it's good to have some skills when needed around traffic or when you can see that uh, it can't just run wild, Uh, that's not the circumstance. But you could also uh, learn a lot just by taking the puppy off a leash and then learning what dogs do, letting the dog just be its dog nature, and it sniffs seaweeds, it chases seagulls, it likes being near you, it doesn't like being near you, it gets attracted to somebody else who's playing, it gets scared, it comes back to you, and then you're learning a lot about just the the nature of living with uh, a dog or a puppy, and hopefully that's the relationship you uh, want to have with a dog, that it's not just this attendant that you've trained, but it's a living being who has its own hopes and dreams. <laughs> 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 so, <clears throat> what, you, uh, what you do often is you start with something that just begins to collect attention. And then you relax the, the, the underlying direction you're giving it. So you might start with your home base. And then you let go of choosing that. Now, what's tricky about that is your mind might want to stay with the breath. You might say, okay, I've given you all the choice. And look, you seem to want to stay with sounds. Then that's fine. You don't have to make it do other things. You're not making the mind do something. You're giving, you're not uh, putting a choice on where it goes. And so what will happen is your attention will be pulled in different directions. And sometimes it will be pulled towards something simple in the body, might be pulled towards pain or pleasure in the body. It might be pulled to sounds, it might be pulled to thoughts. And all the while your thoughts and emotions and mental states will also be shifting. And your attention might be curious about that. And so then that's what you explore. Um, the nice thing about this particular practice is, in some ways, it's more peaceful because you're not always training against what your mind would rather be doing. You let your mind uh, go. And what the, the, the Dharma in it is seeing that no matter where you go, uh, it's transient experience. So you don't have to be afraid of thinking. You don't have to be afraid of where the mind goes. It's just wherever it goes, that's the current experience. And you get to see the, um, the 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 wanderings of the mind and what it's drawn to. So it's choiceless uh, in that sense, but it's still awareness. so it's not meant to be choiceless spacing out. Um, so there's a second word awareness. And so what you have to do is you have, you have to prompt yourself not to point in a certain direction, but to keep tracking what's happening moment by moment, and not putting a choice on that. So the one uh, challenge that comes in when you let the mind wander like that, since you haven't committed to the objects that it's pointing to, you might start having hovering mindfulness that's not that connected to what's happening. So if there is an effort to put in Choiceless Awareness, it's that you keep looking at what the mind is doing, you keep tracking where it's going, uh, and you invest the mindfulness wherever the mind has landed, wherever the attention has landed. And in that, there's there's a freedom uh, that really nothing is a problem. Nothing is wrong practice. It's just conditions playing themselves out. And you'll watch how you have preferences of what you'd rather be happening. And then you realize, I'm suspending those preferences of what I'd rather be happening. I'm just watching what is happening. A second layer on top of that is that you'll notice your mind Uh, going somewhere, and then maybe having a reaction to where it's going. It's like, I don't know if this is right. I'm kind of wandering a lot. That's what you can notice in that moment. My mind is sort of, uh, it's doing a lot of things right now. Fine, that's just what the puppy is doing. It's doing a lot of things right now. It's sniffing all the flowers. It's energetic. And then it takes a nap. And then it gets up a little bit and walks towards you and walks away from you. So you have to you have to soften your preferences while remaining just one preference that you want to be aware of what's happening. So in some ways you're uh, a little bit of a scientist studying puppy nature, you're a scientist study mind behavior, and it really doesn't matter what happens in the stream of experience. Um, so in that way some people find it uh, peaceful because you're not always battling the mind and making some experiences wrong and some experiences right and having a good sit when this happens and a bad sit if that happens. It's just all flowing, changing conditions and you're just trying to float in the middle of them, aware of what's happening. If you find that you get so dispersed uh, after a while and you're not really tracking anything and you're aware that you're not really tracking anything, so you've on your uh, choiceless awareness but it does start to feel floaty and you're not landing on anything you can always bring back for a moment uh, returning to gently to the breath or the sounds or body and you regroup a little bit and then you see what relaxing is like say okay I'm with the breath I'm kind of back in the flow of what's happening right now and now let's see what happens and see where the mind goes If you were doing this as loving-kindness, you wouldn't pick one direction or one category. You would just uh, offer loving-kindness to whatever arises in your mind. And it's a little bit like being in a wedding reception where whoever happens to come next, whether you like them, you don't like them, you look at the line and it's like, oh my god, that's a lot of people. I'm gonna be shaking hands. It's like, yep, I'm just loving-kindness to whoever is right in front of me, for as long as they're in front of me. They seem to want to tell me a long story. They don't realize there's a line. Okay, you seem to want, the, you want to share a lot. And then that, that attention to that being begins to wander and someone else steps up. And maybe it's a group. And maybe it's a quiet moment where no partic- there's no particular person, but there's still loving-kindness in that moment and then something else comes to mind. That's choiceless loving-kindness. You can practice that. So, to begin, find your posture, as all of you look like you have. And bring up the intention that there's no wrong direction that your mind can go And there's no wrong content of what might arise. And I'm going to uh, attend and I'm going to try to see what's happening in this moment. And then a few moments later, you might ask that question again, uh, either with words in your own mind, or just bringing it up again. What's happening now? And see what happens. So I would start with uh, settling into your uh, primary area where you collect yourself, just to spend a few moments settling into the stream of what's happening in a place that's easy to connect to. might like make a survey of how you are right now. What's your mood and mental state? What type of relationship do you have to this choice of attention? To Sounds, breath, body sensations, metaphrases. While staying relaxed and curious, let go of the choice of that particular object or stream of sensations or sounds. Just follow your attention. And every now and then, whisper to yourself, what's happening now? What's the predominant experience? You also might have a quiet inner voice that says, Oh, I'm thinking. Oh, there's hearing. Ah, warmth in my hands. I'm hearing again. Full breath. The thought, this is my thing, I'm good at it. The thought, I really don't get this. Those are all just phenomena arising from their own conditions and passing because that's their nature. Your predominant experience might also be a mood, emotion, or mental state. And so that can be a part of your awareness, if that's where your awareness is drawn. If you can bring awareness inside of it, you don't have to make something different happen. If you ever get too dispersed, you go a while where you're not really mindful of anything, you might notice that, notice that's what's happening. Or you can bring your attention to something tangible, like hearing, breathing, or the body. Just to reconnect to the awareness, a part of the equation. And see if the awareness can stay even when you let go of the choice. Awareness is always aware of something. Sometimes you can lightly choose to refocus and relax the choice and see what your attention does, where your mind is drawn. See what arises next Curious how that was for you, <clears throat> but before we uh, talk about it, you can practice this. Uh, you might find it interesting, and you might find that um, uh, you could actually hold your attention while letting go of any specific direction. And you might have felt ease in doing that, and there might be other things you could discover. Over time, you might witness that all experiences are equally transient and insubstantial. Uh, Whereas if you just choose one object, you might not improve that understanding over time and broadly see that we're streaming through experiences. There's a mental side of the equation, a stimulus side of the equation, and they're all just a moment experience. Um, And you get to treat them all equally, experiences. <clears throat> you also might find that if you do that your attention gets kind of dispersed and over time you're not necessarily landing on anything. So you have to remember your intention and support that so it doesn't just become uh, peaceful, unconscious, abiding, uh, where it's very restful but not necessarily tangibly aware of anything particular. It also can be good if you find that you're in a a period where uh, just trying to train with one thing starts to feel oppressive, just doing that one thing over and over. And then it makes the wandering mind wrong. And then you get frustrated that there is this other sense door that is also having experiences. And so it can unfortunately train uh, a preference against some other experience because you're trying to be with the one. So sometimes tightness comes into your practice. And if you sit and you open like that, um, the only effort you're putting in is to try to see what's happening, not see what's happening and choose where your attention's going. Those are two efforts. And there's a range and uh, there's, there's some challenges uh, in open attention like this. And there's some challenges to choose uh, where your attention is supposed to go. Some people find that there's a mid-ground where they loosely put uh, their home base in the middle of all the other experiences so they have the support, uh, the light support of having some touchstone. Um, But if you really get drawn somewhere, not a problem. That's just what you attend. And you can learn about the habits of the mind and why it's pulled one way or another, and how it loses interest wherever it's pulled. But if you don't go there, then it becomes this big thing that you're fighting with. Whereas if you turn and look at it, it's also transient experiences. You can try this with walking, rather than saying, now I am looking, now I am hearing, now I'm feeling my body, now I'm moving through space. That's opening up the field of awareness, but you're still putting choices in that. Or you could walk back and forth and just see what unfolds. Again, trying to be aware, but not direct your attention to anything specific. And then find where your uh, awareness is, uh, where the peak of your awareness is. Some people really like working with specific objects. Some people like working with a specific object with a more open possibility. And some people really find that they can sustain wakefulness when they don't add this choice to it. So you're looking for awareness and really seeing what's happened moment by moment and then seeing which works for you. Um, So you can try it sitting, you can try it walking. You also can put it down. We don't have a, a hierarchy in those that one is secretly better and will tell you later (laughs) It's just whatever supports uh, awareness, um, moment by moment, and then seeing into the stream of experiences what is the nature of experience. Sounds come and go, thoughts come and go, body sensations come and go, nothing stays, eventually your attention moves on. And that's also just a learning and it spreads out the wisdom to all your sense doors, versus learning it in one place and then having to later extrapolate it to whatever experiences you're having. So it's just another tool, another practice, and you might find that uh, it supports your particular temperament. Um, It also might baffle your particular temperament. So uh, you would learn that's not so helpful for me right now. Are there any questions about this particular practice? And I want to start with people who are not seeing somebody today, and if you haven't asked a question yet in the hall. So do those two calculations. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.